You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. All right, you bunch of bums. Let's get to your phone calls. I got stuff to do. Let's get this over with. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I love you guys. You're my friends. Um... Given the volume, I'm thinking we're going to do today and then also tomorrow do some calls, if not a whole day of it. For the same reason of we got the game and I don't want um, Victory Monday to be 70 different calls that didn't even get to see the game or comment on it. Does that make sense? I think it makes sense. As always, new callers go to the top of the uh, the draft order here. So we're going to start off. We've got two new callers. New caller, what's your name? How are you? Hey, Ryan. This is Zach calling from Minnesota. How's it going? Um, obviously, this year has been a little extra rough uh, being in enemy territory over here. Yes. Um, but the reason I'm calling is if Jordan Love shows some promise these last couple games, I don't see a reason why we'd want Rodgers to come back next year. Right. I just think this team has way too many holes to compete for Super Bowl next year. I mean, if you look at Rodgers coming back, can you even pencil him in as an elite quarterback? Could you even pencil him as a good quarterback? I mean, I know a lot of people are going to bring up some things and say once the thumb gets better, he's going to be a better quarterback. But All right, so, so this is kind of the question, right? Because you're bringing up like three different, four different, five different things here, all in, all wrapped in one. And how you answer each of these individual questions kind of lays out what you think about the future. Um, if Jordan Love plays well, Roger shouldn't come back, is sort of what you're saying. So, number one is the question of, what do you think of our roster right now? I am seemingly more optimistic about our roster than you are. I know they're not playing well right now, but I don't think the entire roster just forgot how to play football. I don't think that's a reality. Um, so I'm a little bit more optimistic that we can, not that we will, but that we can, if, you know, different circumstances, different defensive coordinator primarily, um, maybe that'll get things up up to speed. So, all right, so if you don't think we have a good roster then kind of no matter what, Rodgers shouldn't come back. It doesn't matter if Jordan Love plays well. If he plays like garbage, why would Rodgers come back? If you think, as some Packer fans do, and it seems like more are being added to that every single day, which I'm not entirely sure why, why would more of this same thing further increase people's belief that we'd never had a good roster? That's why I'm, I'm leaning toward it's just more or less frustration. But whatever, it doesn't matter. If you think we just don't have a good team, bad roster, 
top to bottom, with the exception of maybe two or three players, Rodgers should not come back. There's no reason to bring him back. And I understand, well, we don't, that's not our control. That's not what we're talking about. Let's just leave that aside for a second. So if the roster sucks, Rodgers should leave. He should retire. He should be traded. He should quit. He should do whatever. If the roster is not bad and is fixable, then it kind of comes down to, okay, we have a chance. What are we going to do? Because let's just go to the other extreme. Let's say this is a really good football team. The offense, as I, you know, it's one of the top teams of the last three weeks, offensively. Now, it's a short sample size, but it's also been about, oh, I don't know, three weeks that Christian Watson's been uh, a primary role in our offense. So let's just say for the sake of argument that our offense is actually quite good, and it's not even fully formed yet. we got to get Dobbs back, maybe even add another piece. We don't have a healthy quarterback, blah, 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 blah. Then we add in a better defensive coordinator. The defense gets motivated, excited, and they get back to their peak form. Whatever that is. Kenny Clark doesn't play like a bottom three defensive tackle. Jair doesn't play like a a mediocre corner. Stokes comes back and is at least slightly above average. Whatever. Preston, Rashawn, etc. All jacked up, all playing good football. Then it kind of comes down to, all right, what do you want to do? Should we say, hey, Rodgers should come back? Well, that depends on a couple different factors, as you brought up. Number one, Jordan Love. How's he looking? Number two... Even if he looks good, are you sure you're comfortable with this? Maybe we give Rodgers one more. Like, we'll give him his fifth. Like, you earned your fifth-year option. Congratulations. But we're not going to worry about that right now because Rodgers is going to be the quarterback. And then after that, then you can take over. Do we give it to Jordan Love, even though it was a really small sample size and we're not entirely sure? Do we risk losing this window that apparently is is seemingly here, I guess? I don't know. Maybe it's not much of a window. I don't know. Depends which players are good and which players are not and which ones are going to be here for a long time. And that brings in another factor, and that is Aaron Rodgers. Do we even bother bringing back Aaron Rodgers because he's not even that good? Well, is he good? He's just having a down year like everybody else. Is it the thumb or is he just washed? So there's a lot of variables. What you think about the roster, what you think about Aaron Rodgers and their ability to improve next year, and also Jordan Love is a, is a variable as well. What if he doesn't play? What if he does play? What if he plays well, but it's in a limited number of games? A lot of variables. I don't think he was even playing well before the thumb. So look at next year's running back. Is Aaron Jones going to come back for $20 million? Probably not. Can A.J. Dillon take in the future? Probably not. What they would end up doing is jacking with his contract again, because if we're going, quote-unquote, all-in, because Rodgers is staying, we're going to continue doing stupid things to contracts. Well, probably, but I think you're still going to have production drop off. You look at offensive line, is Bakhtiari going to come back? Don't I mean, know. he's already out again this week, so he's having a tough time staying healthy. Yeah. And obviously the defense sucks, so <laughs> is that going to get better? So I think next year should be a transition year. Yeah. Fix the cap. Play for 2024. And hopefully, love is the answer. Um, and that would be an additional factor, and that is the negative differences next year. Even if you think we do have a good roster, okay, do we still have a good roster when you factor in the unknowns about Aaron Rodgers, the the injury issues with David Bakhtiari, the unknowns with Aaron Jones or whether or not he's going to, you know what I mean? Rashawn, how long before he comes back? I mean, when you factor in all the additional things, the unknowns beyond just are they good or not, 
Is it worth at that point when you add in the unknowns, is it worth continuing this all in motion or should we, as you said, which I probably would lean toward being the more prudent thing, should we just start the process of rebuilding, which is, again, probably where I would lean. Another thing is, could you even expect Rodgers to even make it through a full season at this point? I mean, the rib shot he took, it didn't even look that terrible. I mean, at first people thought the thumb was hurt again, but it was his ribs. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, it just comes with old age, you know? I mean, it, it's it's not to say, well, he's he's soft. He didn't even take a hard hit. No, he's he's like 40. <laughs> he's old, man. I mean, it, it doesn't take as much to, to beat the body down, and it doesn't heal itself as well and everything else. So, yeah, it's um, it just gets harder with time, obviously. Anyways, uh, new caller number two. What's going on, man? Yes, this is Trucker Bob. From Florida. Trucker Bob from Florida. My wife Florida. and I are retired teachers, and we do cross-country trucking. Oh, that's awesome. I love listening to your show while I'm driving late at night. Nice. So this program is appropriate. Anyways, I got a question for you. All right. I drive all the time, and then when I'm not driving, I'm back at the bunk sleeping because my wife is driving. That's team truck driving. We do that for two, three weeks at a time, and then we go home. All right. When I get home, I go out in the backyard and I work on my garden. And sure enough, by the time the day's over with, I'm very, very sore. Okay. So I fill the bathtub with some hot water, put a cup of Epsom salts in it, and I soak in it. And it keeps my muscles from uh, aching and uh, I feel a lot better. The question simply is this. Do professional football players often take Epsom salt baths and Soakings for injuries or just to loosen up some old tired muscles. Just kind of curious as I was soaking today, I was thinking about that and I wondered, do you know? The answer is no, but because you asked, I'm going to try to do my due diligence and get you a better answer than that. But I have not heard of that. I know they, you know, they take ice baths and they got a bunch of other stuff. I'm sure there are some players that do it. Everybody has their own individual thing. I'm sure some guys go hang out and they're they they got their own thing that they do. Epsom salts, ayahuasca, whatever, right? And I tell you what, how about this one? Um, you want to know about it? This is the best I can do for you. Ready? Here we. Wait, 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 wait. It's muted. Why does it always? I mean, I guess I shouldn't be mad because I'm always annoyed when things pop up not muted and blasting in my ears. But why does it always start muted? My dad used to tell me. If man made it, man can lift it. He taught me the importance of taking care of my body. I soak in Dr. Till to recharge my muscles and ease aches and pains so I can grind harder tomorrow. There you go. Aaron Donald, two-time defensive player of the year, uses uh, Dr. Teal's pure Epsom salt. Does he actually, or does he just get paid to say he does? I don't know, but there you go. Also, Aaron Donald, no disrespect, although this is extremely disrespectful. Your dad, um, your dad lied to you. <laughs> if if man made it, man can lift it. I'm sure that's like one of those cool things you yell to your son when he's in the backyard lift, lifting tractor tires, which Aaron Donald probably does at the age of eight. But um, I don't believe that that's true. 
just as an example, man made my house. I don't know too many people that could lift it, but we'll leave that alone. Appreciate uh, appreciate the call, Trucker Bob. Hey, Daniel from California. Hey. I just want to echo what Jersey Mike said, uh, I guess, yesterday. But, yeah, man, you need, we, need, we need a mentality and an attitude on defense. You know, it's all good with hiring with for scheme and what you want to strive to look like as a defense. But oh, I'm tired of that. I don't want... You know, somebody like that where it's like they play a certain way. I just want somebody with an attitude. Like, really, just give me fucking... Sorry, I apologize. Kind of caught it. Give me headbutt Brian Cushing. I don't care. Just right. Give me somebody who's going to rile these guys up. We got the talent to get these guys to fly around. And- let, let me just... For, for those of you that aren't on board with myself and, and Daniel and Jersey Mike with the, the mentality thing, because I'm sure there are some people like you guys are being ridiculous. Think about the best defense you can the absolute best defense you can. Would the word technician come to your mind in terms of a, a good description of them? Right, they, they, were, they were quiet and reserved, but they were proficient. You know, the, the only thing that came to my mind, and even this doesn't work, is Troy Polamalu, because he was a very, like, zen, like, he'd go sit on the bench and just chill out, but he didn't play that way. He played with violence, which is so weird because he's like the nicest guy. He's, he's even got kind of like a, a high voice and everything. So he just seems like a super nice, long hair, sits by himself, does like meditation on the sideline or whatever. But he gets on the field and every movement of his body is pure violence. You think about these units defensively. None of them are technicians. Now, they might have a lot going on between the ears. In fact, all of the best ones did, but it always came with violence. Now, offense, maybe you can get away with that. You probably can. I think, I think that's what Rodgers largely did. That's why they were seen as, as soft. But it didn't matter, right? 2011 Packers. We score 42 points, so you can score 38. It doesn't matter. Call me soft all you want. Defense? No. It's always, always, always toughness. Every single one of them. I don't care what direction the NFL heads, and maybe that's part of the problem is the NFL is getting in this scheme-based, speed-based, you know, everything is, is scheme and speed, but it's still the defenses with that, that, that psychotic mentality that are going to end up dominating. Maybe like a Bill Belichick defense or something can, can do that. I don't know. Bill Belichick is the one, the one coach who has led an army of robots. Other than that, I can't think of anything. And even that, there's no Patriot defense that, that you think of as like a top 10 in your brain. Def- None. He always has good defenses. But we're not thinking Steel Curtain, Purple People Eater, 85 Bears, Ray Lewis LT. You have to have that. You have to. And we don't. And again, I think Petten kind of, kind of got him a little jacked up. But it all kind of has to work in concert because all of that attitude it's short-lived if it doesn't... It's kind of like building a fire. You have multiple components, and, and without, without all three of the components, the fuel source, you know, you got your wood, you got your kindling, the attitude is like the fuel source. The scheme is the oxygen. You can light something on fire, and it'll flare up, but if it doesn't have any ac- oxygen, it'll starve out. It has to actually show itself on the field, right? You can get them to believe we're the baddest, meanest, most violent guys on planet Earth, and you go on the field and you suck and you give up 40 points and you flame out. But what's oxygen with no fuel source? It's a windy day. (laughs) 
It's not a fire. You ever try to light a fire? You know, we live in a very windy area. They just started building houses to the south of us. But we're still like, there's a big rolling hill and there's not many houses out there, like just just to the side of us, but kind of like kitty corner this way and that way, there's nothing. So there's so much wind. And I got my Weber grill in the backyard and trying to light that is such a pain because it, there's so much wind. What happens if you've got, if you've got a fire and just a, a bunch of wind, it just, it just goes out. That's what we've got right now. We're, we're lighting matches in the wind. We, we just probably need a couple more pieces to make our depth better, but really we, we need somebody who can bring an attitude. Anybody didn't like get guys to line up in a cover two, and if you have good, you know, good coaches like Jerry Gray and, you know, and, you know the assistant coaches we do have, it shouldn't be hard to do it, but we don't have the people to, you know, rile our guys up and play with passion. So hopefully we get somebody that can light a fire under these guys and just get them to be flying around. Because that's really, we get somebody who can play, get these guys playing with passion and willing to, like, you know, put their body on the line for each other. This team can do great things. Goody is still a top five, easily top ten, but I think top five GM on, you know, acquiring talent. You know, picking the diamonds in the rough, we just hopefully can take that next step and just get that guy to bring it all together. Anyways, my thoughts. Go Pecco. Yeah, just just quick thoughts on, on Brian Gutekunst. Do, do you trust him to be able to find talent? Not perfectly. Can he go out and find talent? The answer is unequivocally yes. It may not be to your liking, but let me promise you something. Most GMs can't even do what Brian Gutekunst does. And if you want to fire him and bring somebody else in, it can go to zero real fast. You remember, again, hate to pick on the guy, one of the greatest GMs in Packers history, but do you remember toward the end of Ted Thompson's tenure? I'm just saying, you can you can have entire draft classes, and many teams do, with, you know, you'll draft seven, eight guys, and maybe like one fourth rounder as a contributor, and that's about it. And then you've got first and second rounders that are on the field just because they were first and second rounders, even though they can't do jack squat, and you stick with them for about three years before you finally throw in the towel and say, all right, enough. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm i pretty satisfied with what we got going on with uh, Mr. Gutekunst. Hey, man, Zach up in Buffalo again. Hey. Uh, yeah, I was just curious if you, if you could maybe go through Alan Lazard's stats for the season and compare him to uh, maybe all the other number twos around the league and just see, you know, where he stands this season. You know, if he's a disappointment or if he's playing up to par. Obviously, he's not the number one that, you know, people thought that he might step up and be at the beginning of the season. So, hey, thanks, man. Go, Pat, go. Yeah, I mean, the only potential issue is he's probably closer to being our number one. But if you want me to compare him to other number twos, I could do that. I'm not going to do all 31 teams, but I'll I'll pick some at random. So Lazard is number one in terms of yards, number two in terms of touchdowns, 553 yards and five touchdowns, comparing him to some other number twos. Well, let's do this. Um, compared to Arizona, he's up there not only with the number two, but with the number one, DeAndre Hopkins, 574 yards and three touchdowns. So he's got 20 less yards 
and uh, two more touchdowns than DeAndre Hopkins does. Uh, he has played more games, but the number two is actually right on his heels, 531 and three touchdowns. Um, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, <laughs> Olamide, Olamide Zacchaeus, 465 yards and two touchdowns is their number one. So he's uh, ahead of them as well. Baltimore's wide receiving receiver, Devin Duvernay, 344 and three touchdowns. So he would be the number one there as well. Buffalo, obviously, Stephon Diggs is top dog. Even their number two, Gabe Davis, 665 and six touchdowns would be ahead. So he'd be the number three. In, and I understand this doesn't necessarily work. If you move him over there, maybe he does better or worse, whatever. I'm just saying, if you just copy and paste, he'd be the number three. Um, Carolina, 605 and four touchdowns for DJ Moore. So he's actually pretty close. If you, you know, convert one of his touchdowns to yards, we can call it about even. Uh, Chicago Bears, obviously, Darnell Mooney, 493 and two touchdowns would be their top dog. So surprisingly, Lazard is a number one, as as quote-unquote disappointing as he's been. Um, and, and again, this is where when you remove ourselves from the Packers bubble and see what everybody else is doing, we look at it and say, oh, Lazard is, is a joke. Everybody else has one. We don't. No, most teams don't. He's He's a number one based on his production this year on a lot of teams. Uh, he would be number three-ish, four-ish for the Bengals. They've obviously got Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd. They have a really good group over there on top of tight end Hayden Hurst and running back Joe Mixon. Cleveland, who acquired Amari Cooper, has 792 yards, seven touchdowns. Devin Duvernay, 593, and one touchdown. I'd call him the number two over there in Cleveland. Dallas, CeeDee Lamb has more, but Noah Brown has less, so he'd be number two for Dallas. Denver, um, slightly less yard, about 100, I shouldn't say slightly, about 100 less yards, but Cortland Sutton only has one touchdown, so pretty similar. Detroit, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is ahead of him by... 100 and some odd yards, but has one less touchdown. So he would be the number two. Khalif Raymond, 370 and zero touchdowns. He would be number two by kind of a lot. Uh, Houston Texans, 520 and one touchdown. Brandon Cooks. So he would be number one in Houston. Colts, Michael Pittman, 747 and two touchdowns. So he'd be the number two and not by... Uh, he, he has a lot more touchdowns than a lot of other guys. Christian Kirk, 725 and 7 touchdowns in Jacksonville, so he'd be the number two ahead of Zay Jones. Kansas City Chiefs, uh, roughly the number two. Juju has a little bit, I think. keep forgetting how many yards Lazard has. Yeah, about, uh, about 100 more yards than uh, Lazard has, but he has significantly less touchdowns, only two touchdowns. Raiders, um, Mac Hollins, yeah, he'd be number two for Las Vegas. So yeah, I mean, there are teams that have a pretty loaded group, but the vast majority of teams do not. Uh, you've also got a down year, which is affecting almost just about everybody. Um, not just the Packers. So he's, he's a number one or number two, believe it or not. And, um, that also really says quite a bit for (laughs) the trajectory of Christian Watson right now. But, um, I don't know. I hope that answered your question. Hey, Ryan. I just wanted to uh, share my thoughts about the upcoming game this weekend against the 
Chicago Bears and what I think this team's mentality going into it will be like. Um, Just like with Dallas, that we really didn't expect them to play up to that competition that much and with that much motivation and heart. Um, I think Aaron probably has a special place in his heart for how much he despises Chicago and how much he loves beating Chicago. Yeah. I think this team will be extremely motivated uh, despite how they have looked in the past few weeks where it looks like they have quit sometimes, especially on defense. So I think he will have them motivated if he does come out and start. Uh, but here's some uh, ideas on how to motivate them even a little bit more. Uh, number one, cut off the hoodie sleeves of Barry's uh, on-field hoodie so that maybe he coaches more like the hoodie. Number two, have Andy Reid sneak into Matt LaFleur's office while he's taking a nap and draw some mean eyebrows on him. Okay. Uh, number like three, I would have... By the way, Andy Reid, I look forward to his acting f- career in the future because of all the terrible, terrible, terrible actors that uh, are in the NFL. Horrible acting. Aaron Rodgers is bad. He seems to be getting a little bit better, but... They're all terrible. Andy Reid, that's actually a funny commercial. I'm, maybe I'm alone. I think it's hilarious. Of if Dobbs is anywhere close to being healthy, playing in this game uh, and in hopes of that this offense will say, okay, stop this guy. Okay, then stop this guy. Yeah. Then, okay, then try to stop this guy. I don't think Chicago has enough on defense to stop every single player on our offense that – potentially could have a big game. So I think it's wide open who will have a good game. I'm hopeful that it will be Aaron Jones and Dylan and then the passing game follow because I think we can run it right down their throats and there's nothing better than on the sloppy soldier field than running the ball. So go Pack go. Yeah, and that's that's really what we need is an offense that says if you're going to try to sell out to stop this, we're going to hurt you with this. That's that's the main thing, um, and and we can do that again. I believe that the offense can do that so long as it's not a defense that's really good at at stopping the run. Because I don't think we have that potent of a passing offense anymore. Um, and that's where you kind of hope Dobbs can step in. Uh, we had it with Devonte a little bit. I mean, it, it was still tough. I mean, if they can stop you up front with with just four guys, it's still tough. But the the idea being okay if if we had Devonte and um, Watson, I don't think they'd have been able to do it. So we we need another sort of Devante. We need that guy, or or at least a bunch of guys to where it's just there's too much to contain on the back end. But um, or just to be able to win up front, so that four is just not enough. Even if you're usually really good, that 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 normal uh, light or base front just is not going to cut it. But we're cl- but I I think we're close. I think we're real close. And and again. Having a guy like Dobbs kind of emerge, even even if it's just kind of a not every single week like Devontae, even if it's just sort of a once in a while thing, because hey, they've decided that they're gonna shut down Christian Watson. Okay, then Dobbs has a big day. You know, he's he's just that counterpunch, at least for now. So that's that's my hope. But I, I agree. I don't think they even without Dobbs, I don't think they have what it takes to stop the Packers. 
that's not even necessarily to brag about the Packers. They're just they're such a bad defense right now. I mean, any given Sunday and whatnot, but um, you know, if if things go as they should, there's there's no reason that the Packers shouldn't be able to do pretty much whatever they want. Anyways, why don't we take a break? Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you'd like to support the podcast. Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. If you'd like to support them, you can find them at fertilegroundranch.org or find the tweet pinned to the top of my Twitter. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, Ryan. It's December 1st, so it's officially that time of year where people start making wish lists for Christmas. Okay. So I wanted to ask you uh, three questions regarding the wish list for Green Bay going into next year. Number one, wish list, defensive coordinator. Number two, wish list. See, I don't, I don't really have one. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I still have not really looked into it. I, I've given you sort of the outline of what I want in a defensive coordinator, and I don't know who brings that. Um, a lot of people have mentioned um, Flores. I don't want Flores. I just don't want to bring that that level of drama into the locker room. I don't need to split the locker room over nonsense. I don't need a guy that, you know, if things don't go the way that he wants to to start leveling allegations against the team. And, and I just, I don't want that. Remember, mentality is a big part of this. He might be a brilliant scheme guy, but I mean, Flores just started leveling a- accusations against everybody. I mean, it wasn't just Miami. He started going after all the teams that didn't hire him, calling them racist and everything else. I, I'm, I, I'm not, I don't want to deal with that nonsense. Um, I, I generally like Jim Leonard, although there's so many unknowns with that. Um, I do think he has the potential to bring in that mentality, but at the same time, this isn't college football. So I don't know if it's necessarily going to translate where he's going to be able to bring that same kind of message or whatever to get, to get the, the college football players in Madison, Wisconsin motivated. If you just walk into an NFL locker room full of millionaires, and get them motivated the same way. I don't know. Maybe. But yeah, I don't I don't really have a good answer for you. Who is your most desired free agent? 
most desired free agent? I haven't looked at that either. You're asking me a lot of questions that I'm not planning on answering until like <laughs> January, February. I guess we'll look at the potential list. Um, the problem I have with these lists is they're lists of every free agent, and 98% of them are going to sign back with their old teams, right? Like if you look at a list of top free agents for next year, Elton Jenkins is at the top of most lists. Well, Packer fans are going to look at that and go, why? Elton Jenkins isn't going to be a free agent next year. Well, duh. Neither are most of these players, you know. Uh, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I mean, he may, but uh, I've, I've, men- I've mentioned Jesse Bates, although I don't know if I'm still super in on Jesse Bates. Jesse Bates is like Darnell Savage with a higher upside, which probably doesn't get too many people excited because Darnell Savage is Darnell Savage with high upside. <laughs> he is a high upside candidate. Um, I mean, you got guys like Dalvin Tomlinson along the defensive line. Apparently, Jordan Poyer is available, which would be interesting. I don't know. I mean, again, available or not, I don't actually know. I mean, it, it, I, I primarily would want to look at a safety because I think it's something, you know, usually when you look at free agency, it's we can't play the season without upgrading this. And I think safety is going to be that position because I don't think Amos is coming back. And even if he is, it looks like he's just completely hit a wall. And Savage has also just fallen off a cliff. That's where I look to free agency and say, okay, we'll try to handle these things in the draft. But this, we can't wait for. This we can't wait and see and hope that things fall to us. We need to address this because we cannot play football in 2023 if this isn't fixed. And again, to me, that's the safety position. That we would pursue. And number three, on your wish list, uh, if you could draft anybody in the draft other than a quarterback, who would it be and why? So have a good one, Ryan. Yeah, so the... The only, and and it depends kind of how you answer this question, because this isn't actually who I would draft, but it's the only player in the draft that I've kind of fallen in love with, and that's Bijan Robinson. I know you said no quarterbacks, but I don't really care for Bryce Young. Will Anderson, the pass rusher, really doesn't excite me very much as far as like that number one overall pick pedigree. No thanks. Uh, Jalen Carter... I've never been able to get into it. Like, I understand the excitement about Jalen Carter. I'm just saying when I watch him, it's not like I have with a lot of these defensive linemen where my jaw hits the ground. is like, holy crap, dude. C.J. Stroud is, as I've said, 2022 Aaron Rodgers. Like, they're the same guy. I do like Peter Skaronsky, the offensive tackle. I don't really have a comp because I don't watch a ton of offensive linemen generally. But he seems... Try not to sound ignorant here. He seems like a very large, violent, immovable object. If I had to compare him to somebody, I would say Tevin Jenkins, even though I don't know if I watched a single second of Tevin Jenkins in college, but it's what he's thought of as, is a guy that's not super athletic, but man, you you maybe kick him inside, not that he would ever go inside, but you put him in a confined space where he doesn't have to move, he will just destroy people. So that would be my only issue with Skaronsky, maybe, is the... uh, his, his moving ability. Tyree Wilson, I did watch the defensive lineman. Again, not a huge fan. He kind of reminded me of Preston a little bit. There are a couple plays where it's like, holy, you can kind of see it, but it's so far, few and far between. Seems to be just a very large, powerful set the edge guy. And Will Levis, I really like because he's sort of the anti, I, sounds bad, but he's sort of like the anti-Roger. 
But part of the anti-Rogers thing is he's really, really inaccurate. It's just a big issue. He's very big. He's very powerful. Sort of a Josh Allen in that way. I don't know if he can take off and run like Allen. I don't think he can. But the accuracy is an issue. But he stands in the pocket, and, and there's a lot to like about Will Levis. But I just I can't get excited about an inaccurate quarterback. <laughs> that's that's a pretty big red flag. But yeah, Bijan Robinson is the only guy I've watched that just my jaw hit the ground. Now. Do I actually hope we draft him? No, I don't want to use a early first round pick on a running back. I don't. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll get over it, but I don't. So I don't really have a guy. I know a lot of people have certain people they like, whether it's Bryce Young or Quentin Johnson, the wide receiver. I know I did watch Jordan Addison. I wasn't a huge fan. I don't think I watched a ton of Quentin Johnson yet. I don't know. I just, I have not been able to get super excited about a lot of these guys yet, with the exception of one, and that's Bijan Robinson. Hey, Ryan, it's Nate. Um, just calling with a few things that I'm, or I guess my prediction slash what I'm hoping happens for the Packers-Bears game. As disgusting as it makes me feel, uh, I hope that if Rodgers plays, that we lose. Uh, for a couple reasons. One is the obvious draft pick reason, you know, getting a higher pick. It's always nice. Uh, it sucks to lose to the Bears, but also if Rodgers drops one to the Bears and kind of loses his record of beating them so many times a little bit, maybe it'll finally make the uh, overly positive fans uh, look inwards and maybe think it's finally time to move on. And then if Love plays, I hope we do win the game and he gets some confidence from beating the Bears uh, and shows them who their next daddy is going to be. <laughs> yeah, I get that from a pragmatic standpoint. Um, I mean, a- again, my biggest fear is Rodgers plays, Rodgers wins, and he continues to play, right? And then it just we just continue down this path of winning several games, never really getting eliminated until very late. Um, Jordan Love gets almost no time. We don't get to see him. Rodgers stays injured. We stay losing. We stay out of the playoffs. I mean, we, we don't get anything positive. Nothing good happens at all other than we get to watch Packers play and win a couple games. And that's not super appealing. So you had a Packer podcast. Oh, What's up, guy? Why do you sound so like you're talking through a pillow? can't really hear you. So you were on a Hacker podcast, and you said Justice Field is trash, and they told you you couldn't say that? <laughs> oh, that's, that's... You know, I know that... This is a, Technically, it was a Bears podcast, but it wasn't the Bears host that said it. The Bears host let me say whatever. It was the Packers podcast. And, and again, they didn't directly address me, but they just happened to bring up how they don't like to say bad words to other players because of mental health or whatever. So I was like, oh, my goodness. So, I mean, you can't, like, roll your eyes to mental health because then you're a bad person. But at the same time, I'm rolling my freaking eyes as hard as I possibly can because this is the dumbest thing I've ever been a part of. But, yeah, that's basically what happened. ...of the world has soaked everywhere, but if it's in the Packer podcast, that's, that's horrible. Yes, please don't ever give out that link. Don't give that... <laughs> Don't, don't give that show any publicity. And if I ever heard, I've actually, you know, the last couple of years, I've canceled a few podcasts because of the stupidity that can remain between the world. And strangely, sometimes still is. But um, 
yeah, don't ever give them any credit. No one else should listen to them. Uh, that podcast should be weeded out and clipped off and sprayed with something from, made from Monsanto to kill that podcast. Because <laughs> uh, it's trash. It's not, uh, it might, might let, let you know that uh, yeah, you could say something trash or trayash. Whatever sounds better. But trayash. Yeah, so Justin Fields and that podcast of whose name we shall hopefully never hear is trash. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, and I'm, I'm not going to say the name just because I don't remember it. <laughs> but it's it's actually a Bears podcast, and again, he was he was cool with it. He brought me on the next week. Um, he he puts me under the gun a little bit as far as um, I mean. Again, I'm I'm the outsider. Everybody, the Vikings fan, the Lions fan, the Bear, the other Packers fans, they all say Justin Fields is great. So I told him I I'm I'm excited I get to be the heel of the show. That's just the bad guy. That's just you know causing problems. You know. But that's that's fine. I'll be that. I'll I'll just be the guy that goes on there once a week and is like Justin Fields is trash, and then get lectured, and then say, "All right, have a good day," something like that. You know, as bad as the Eagles ran over us like a freight train with no brakes and just kicked. I mean, they manhandled us. They were like you said, when your center is blocking the middle linebacker, you're going to run for some yards. He kind of struggled to win, really, when you look at it. Rodgers kind of had a crap game, you know. Um, they didn't really stop our running game. And, you know, once old Lovey Dove Dove got in there, well, he just tore it up and just ran out of time. And, uh, you know, if the refs. <laughs> I'm going to pause it there. I'm surprised, and I'm not making this case, but I'm surprised that somebody out there, or at least I haven't seen it, hasn't made the case that we would have won the game if Jordan Love was in there. Not saying it's it's a good thing to say, but he did come in and score on every drive. <laughs> and I'm just saying, you would have thought, with so many big-time Love fans, somebody would have said, if Jordan Love had played the whole game, we would have won that game. Surprised I haven't seen that. Uh, had eyeballs this year, they would have seen Cobb as clearly... Uh you know, interfered in that other touchdown pass. And I don't remember if that became a no score or if that became a three point. I don't remember. Or we scored after that. But either way, you know, they, they I mean, we played like dog doo doo, yeah. right? Uh, we played like someone dumb enough to slide down a chimney, okay? I just heard that. <laughs> and kind of they didn't, you know, when Rogers went out, they were, that, I heard oh, another box. They were just, yeah, Darius Lay was like, oh, we going to get this. No, crap. They, they only got my touchdown. So, uh, you know, there's always a good reason to be positive. Um, I, I can always find a good reason to be positive. Like, I'm positive that uh, we suck this year. But um, it can only go up. So, hey, you know what? So there's a little, there's a little rose. There's a little, there's a little diamond nugget in that big old turd that was the silly game. So just uh, wanted to share that. So, uh, yeah, peace out. Appreciate you sharing diamonds and turds, Nico. You are always good for a good... Diamond in a turd. Sorry to bother you. Um, no, it's perfectly fine. Um, and I don't know if you heard, I was listening to another podcast. Don't remember. How dare you? And he was playing a clip of a... Don't remember. Yeah, right. Devondre Campbell and someone else, was, you know, they were asking them about love. And one of the guys was kind of rambling. And Devondre Campbell, he, he sounded like he's a cool dude. He just said, he's a starting quarterback. That was this podcast. That was this podcast. And if you're... Referencing another one because you didn't know I said it. 
Not only are you listening to other Packers podcasts, but you're not listening to this one. So, how dare you? How about that? How about that, Nico? You know how much time? You know how much time we spend together on this show? A lot. And you don't have the decency. You're getting clips, my clips, that I play here for your ears, Nico. You're, you're over there giving, giving ear service to some other podcast. You're going to do me like that? How dare you? How dare you? Um, he just, he just shot the other guy out that he is a starting quarterback. He's better than a lot of quarterbacks in the league. And that kind of brings me to back when old Faber was, you know, playing, should I stay or should I go with the Packers? Um, I heard this on another podcast years ago that, um, was it my podcast, Nico? You had guys going up into the coaches room going, dude, we got this rookie. We got this nobody. Aaron Rodgers dropping dimes in practice. Let's just roll with him. Cause as much as they love Favre, as much as y'all want to be about, you know, team this and team that, players want to win. And they think they yeah. got a younger dude who could, who's better than the old guy. So I'm, I'm sure it's no different now. So See, and that's I, – I, I don't disagree with that at all. There's, there's these constant perceptions that, number one, if Love takes over, we're tanking because we're going to win with Aaron Rodgers, we're going to lose with Jordan Love. I don't know where that comes from. But beyond that, there's also this feeling of – the, the locker room is going to be furious if you turn it over to Jordan Love. Why do we think the locker room loves Rodgers and hates Love? Why do we think that? You don't think people have their own individual thoughts and feelings? You don't think some guys would rally behind Jordan Love and be excited about Jordan Love? And I'm not talking about hating Rodgers, although I'm sure some of them aren't super big fans of him. Maybe some of the guys don't like Love. I don't know. But again, just this idea that Oh, everybody's just going to be mad in the locker room because Rodgers isn't there anymore. And now Love's there. Where, where does this come from? I don't understand why people think this. Like that it's going to lose the locker room. Why? Why would that happen? Devondre Campbell, at least, was very confident. Sound. He said he is a starting quarterback. So I like that too. So that was also bubbling in my brain when I called a minute ago. And of course, I forgot to mention it because I'm chilling out here smoking a cigar and cold. Hey, so anyway. Uh, peace out and uh, and go pack go. Yeah. Oh, you know what? And you oh, you totally convinced me that yeah, I don't want Rogers to play against the Bears. And they they God, they really need to keep him out. They got a Cajone, love or I'm not love. Uh, whoever makes the decision has to have some stones. Yeah. And say sorry, Rod. You got to fix your, your your guts, you know, and your and your thumb because we really need to see love, man. I mean, I almost and I hate the Bears. It like. That's the my my pleasure of watching the Bears lose so many games will be one of the last memories of my life on mm-hmm. my deathbed. I hate the Bears, and I would almost give up a loss. Like if they force if they Rod, if they let Rogers play, I would almost hope we lose against the Bears, just so they're like that eh, shovel, dirt, you're done. We need to start love. Um, so they just need to nut up and just and just sit them and let let love uh, work his magic. So, uh, yeah, let's do that. All right, so we'll uh, we'll call you back tomorrow. Yeah, that seems to be pretty unanimous. I mean, just the calls, myself, um, I was listening to another podcast. You're not the only one, okay? Tough guy. But it was the same sentiment, right? Rodgers needs to be done. And it's, it's just, it's not even anti-Rodgers. It's just, what is, what is the, be- give me one benefit while you're tanking. No, you're not tanking. Well, the locker room's good. Why would they be mad? This is what's best for the team right now. Rodgers is hurt. Sorry. 
Jordan Love needs some time to play. Now, you might be upsetting Rodgers, although I don't think that's the case. I mean, if you bench him for the Bears game at this point, he would be, but he sounds very open to it at this point. In fact, it's borderline in my mind Rodgers saying, hey, I can't be the guy to sit myself because I'm an NFL football player and I'm, as Pat McAfee says, old school tough, but I'm open to it. I will have an open mind if somebody would like to come talk to me and tell me not to play. I would listen. Anybody out there? Anybody listening to the words that I'm saying that are coming out of my mouth right now because I'm going to be open-minded to the idea that maybe I don't play this year. Sounds to me like he's actually begging for somebody to sit him. But anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. We're getting close to 10 o'clock. I want to get this out on time. And we do have a lot of calls, so I think tomorrow is going to be Packernet after morning, in the morning. But... uh Anyways, you guys have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.